Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey guys, I apologize for the late reminder, but this Thursday we'll be doing another bonus Q&A episode. So please get your questions in, call us, and leave a voicemail at 470-300-4915. And remember to tune in this Thursday. The following program contains distressing content and graphic details regarding suicide. This may be triggering for survivors of suicide loss and those with lived experience. Please proceed with caution. If you're in crisis or having thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text TALK to 741-741. For more resources, please visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's website at afsp.org slash find support. I'm not going to take anything to write with, okay? But I'm, I'm rolling. All right, guys. All right, let's let's do one for Christian. Back in March of 2019, we sent a team to where this all started, Meridian, Mississippi. Two of our producers, Mark and Jacob, traveled with all eight of our private investigators, Jay, Claudia, Mike, Brandy, George, Mark G, Troy, and Sheila. Here's Sheila. The Meridian trip was set up that we would all go in on one day have two days to do interviews and get out. Assignments were given to each investigator before they got there in Meridian. So each person knew the background of the person they were supposed to locate. But there are things that come up when you do an investigation you don't count on. You have to be very fluid. So we had a command center. 
and I had Lori taking all the information and was a central place for investigative information. The people on the list were people whose names had been brought up in some way throughout this case. People who were dating potential suspects at the time. People in the same friend circle as Whitley and Dylan. People who were at gun night. You never know who's going to have some piece of information that you're going to need. And because of that, you don't know who may tip off who. So it's important to split up, talk to everyone in a timely manner, and get in and get out. So the game plan would be to divide and conquer. Jacob would pair up with Jay, Claudia, and Mike, the same group that went to Key West. Mark would go with Mark G and Troy, and Brandy and George were together. These groups would try and speak with the long list of names we compiled, and Sheila would fly solo and do some behind-the-scenes work, meeting with the Andriacchios and various locals around town. I was able to talk to several people, and everybody I spoke to was so nice. So as a community, the average citizen that goes to work and does their job are just really nice people. What was interesting was the actual aesthetics of Meridian. It was definitely a place that I thought to myself was hit by very hard times. So it's either a depressed community that was hit hard by economics or it's a community that the politicians are not doing right by their constituents. Through all the interviews and our time in Meridian, I believe that we were able to get a good picture that everybody knows that it was not suicide. Everybody seems to know that it's a cover-up. And again, we're talking to witnesses, the average citizen. We're not getting involved in the politics at that point. At that point, we weren't understanding what the problem was. It was interesting that the narrative was the citizens knew something was wrong. They knew there was a cover-up. They knew who the person was who was doing the cover-up. And it was accepted. As mentioned at the end of our last episode, this trip to Meridian provided much more audio and information than the trip to Key West did. So... We'd like to walk you through what all happened in Meridian. I'll have Jacob break down the events as they unfolded. On day one, Mark went with two of our PIs, Mark G and Troy, to try to track down Dylan and get his side of the story. In 1.1 miles. So when we roll up to his left. door, I'm shotgun mic in hand. That's going to be okay. It's the next lap. They found out where he was living and went to his apartment. Turn left. What's the uh, 13? Uh, that's uh. the D. It's. Um, they knocked on his door several times, which triggered some dog barking from inside the apartment that seemed to be quickly hushed by someone inside. Lights on. They realized he wasn't going to answer the door and got back in the truck to do surveillance. No answer. Uh, kitchen lights on, cigarette buds in the windowsill. And I and a, a drink in the windowsill, like a styrofoam white cup. Yeah. 
Um, two dogs inside barking. Uh, after our second knock, the dogs stopped barking. Got real quiet, and my opinion appears like somebody's home. They've got um, keyhole eyes, so my opinion is somebody was home and not answering the door. While they were pursuing Dylan, Jay, Claudia, Mike, and I set out to try to find Jet Miller. To refresh, Jet was the cousin of Matt Miller, and allegedly, Whitley went with Matt to Jet's house the night before Christian died. That night, they shot a gun in a nearby field, and this became Whitley's excuse for why she had gunshot residue on her hands at the scene of the crime the next day. For the most part, Jet has been consistent that Whitley shot his gun that night, but the MPD report mentioned that one person stated that he told them they didn't shoot his gun that night. As it pertains to Christian, Jet has remained adamant that he had no part in his death and he knows nothing of what happened that day. Jet was also very close friends with Hayes Mitchell, the son of former district attorney, Bilbo Mitchell. All this to say, we felt it was very important to try to speak with him. But there's a truck right back there, it's a blue truck. Yep. So what's the game plan you guys rolling up there? All right, so we're pulling in Jet's driveway. There's lights on inside. The TV's on. There's another truck down there. Yeah, TV. All right, let's go. All right, Jay and Mike are going to walk up to Jet's door. Can you see the front door? Well, no, I can see them. I can see You can see them? Jacob. All right. Hey, yeah, that's because you just you know all the players, everything in the situation. So we want just we whatever you know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I mean, I don't know anything. Just, I mean, just so you know, also we we've talked to a bunch of people. We were in the keys. We already went saw Wit. We talked to everybody down there. We're here now, and one of the reasons we came was like because your name kept coming up. To be honest, that's why we came. But then we started seeing that apparently that you know you changed your life around, which is great. You know, everybody everybody does that every now and then. So I was like, you know what? Why are they talking about him or to him? Let's just go talk to him and see, you know what I mean? Because I feel like you would tell us, if anything, what exactly happened, you know? And again, again I, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, we were just, we were shooting guns that night and the next day, he's gone. I mean, I didn't even hang out with the dude. Hmm. I, I don't know. Did Whitley shoot that night or no, that you remember? As I remember, yes, she did, but as this goes on and on and on, this was so long ago yeah. that I don't even damn, all the, everything's getting twisted up and, and yeah, I don't remember that. Because I know, I know uh, Matt was mentioning that he was holding her ears the whole time or whatever, so. So, as far as Whitley shooting a gun that night or not, you're not too sure. Yeah. Don't remember? No. It's the okay. next day, though, the day, that it was February 26th, so this was February 25th, you were shooting guns. On February 26th, was there any communication to you, a phone call, anybody, text message? Nope. Nothing? We have this eyewitness that saw people coming out in and out of the apartment that day. And so we're just trying to tie down. We're close, but do you have any idea who that could be the, the day that it happened? 
don't even know where he lived. I didn't even hang out with the dude. I don't even talk to, I didn't even talk to him. No. Willie just seems to be a source of misinformation. Yeah. Do you know her very well? Uh, she went to my, my high school, but I don't know her. I, no. Yeah, because... And again, this was all just because we were doing this what, that night, and then this happened the next day. That's why I was involved, and Matt's involved. Yeah. Do you know Dylan very well? Mm-mm. No. Do you know him at all? Mm-mm. We were all with shooting guns? Well, who we was all with me was me, Matt, Whitley, and and uh, a couple other people. But so she, there were two other people shooting guns with you guys that night? Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't was they that didn't. Burns or Travis no. or Hayes? Do you communicate Hayes with Travis? Is, Hayes is gone yeah, too. He is, and, uh, that was one of my best friends. Uh, no, they they shouldn't even be a part of uh, of it. Gotcha. I mean, who, who you just said. They, they shouldn't be a witnesses at all. Gotcha. No. Did, uh, did Christian's name come up at all at gun night? So some stuff that came out that we're aware of that shows that he he knew that you guys were there. Where, where? Uh, I don't know. I didn't know. So is you, you, Whitley, Matt, and then who were the other two people shooting guns? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not, I don't want to get them. They were never mentioned. He yeah, I didn't okay. want to get them involved. But, but it wasn't Burns. Was Burns here? Because I know Burns was another one. No, he, he, no, he wasn't here. He was not here. No. And it wasn't Hayes. Oh, Hayes. Mitchell. No, yeah, but Hayes, you're that's doing no good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's gone. Right, but was he here shooting the gun? No. Yeah. What do you really think could have happened? You know, just from overall, just from. Monday morning quarterbacking, kind of seeing what's going on, you know what I mean? Like Somebody killed him? Obviously, but, you know, like, you think Dylan, well, I know you didn't know Dylan too much, or Whitley, they have the capability of doing that? Anybody could. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody could. Do you think there's a chance it could have been a suicide, or do you think he was shot? From what I know, I have no evidence of, of him doing it or somebody else doing it. My thing is, I want to know, you know, why she, you know, it keeps this person here, this person there, but then she's like, oh, it's an accident. No, I was asleep. I'm gonna be honest, man, you know. You hear a freaking gun, don't give a shit, you're sleeping inside your place, inside an apartment, you're gonna wake the hell up, you know, I don't give a crap. Yeah, but it also was the bullet entry, entry or whatever. Doesn't make sense. Wait a second, where is the bullet entry? For my own clarification. In the back. Right here. In the back? Yeah. Where did you hear that? I'm just curious. Where did I hear what? Where the bullet came in. The I man. I just the only time I heard about it was on the TV show. Whenever all that on the crime watch camera. Yeah, when that, and then it got lodged in right here. I mean, and plus it goes back. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah it got, and it got lodged in on that side on his left side. You know. I don't know. No, but even if you see, like you said, the entry wound and where the yeah, bullet is, how, it makes no sense. How it know? looks, you, it looks like somebody killed him. But I don't. You don't know what somebody's thinking. You don't know what he was thinking. Why did he come back a week earlier from offshore? Who knows? Why did uh? Well, we One thing we found interesting from speaking with Jet was that he knew exactly where the entry wound was located on Christian's head, above and behind his right ear. Mike asked him how he knew this information, and he said he saw it in the Crime Watch special that aired back in 2017. We went back and watched the video, and they did not say the exact location of the entry wound. They just mentioned he was shot in the right temple, which seems to be the common narrative in the public. How does it make you feel, I guess, that your name does keep coming up? Um, it is what it is. I didn't do it, and I don't know anything about who did it. At the end of the day, we're just trying to get something that we can figure out for the family, because the family just needs to know. I understand. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be judged one way or another. Yeah. And that day comes. Yeah. So hopefully, we got a lot of life before that comes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thank really you for your time. God bless hey, you. Yeah, take care of your family, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks first. Thank you. All right. Later, brother. What's y'all's gut say after that conversation? I don't know. I think he knows 100% what happened. I just don't think he's giving it up. As a culpable listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. One thing I've learned working in true crime is that your best line of defense is vigilance and preparation, which is why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. I happen to live in a pretty nice neighborhood, but as you know, crime has a way of being anywhere at any time, even when you least expect it. When our car was broken into and items were stolen, I was so relieved to know that my home security system got the footage, and it eventually led to us being reimbursed by the perpetrator once they were caught. Crime is just waiting to happen, so be prepared at all times and equip yourself with Simply Safe the best home security system of 2024, according to U.S. News and World Report. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/culpable. That's simplysafe.com/culpable. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. After meeting with Jet, we called the other group to see if they had any luck speaking with Dylan. They had left to try to track down another person on the list who we'll get to later. So we headed over to Dylan's apartment to fill in for them and do some surveillance. Do we want to keep somebody on Dylan's car? Yeah, I'm staying here for right now, just a little bit. A short time after we arrived, we saw a female exit the apartment, who we later found out was Dylan's girlfriend, Kenzie. Are y'all like like really parked right up there beside the building? Yeah, right around She's going in the back. They might be waiting on Dylan to come out, but everybody be prepared. She must have been suspicious of us because she walked out to her car, which was parked near ours, and kept an eye on our car the entire time. It also appeared that she attempted to take a picture of us while rooting around in her car. She went back to the apartment with a bag in hand that she'd retrieved from the car. 
And she has her hand in the bag. That's dangerous. Get ready to roll, boys. A few minutes passed, and then a car pulled up and backed into a parking spot next to Kinsey's car, to which we couldn't see the license plate. Kinsey exited the apartment again, and this time she got into the car with the female who was driving it. We made a call to Mark and his team as this was going down. So they were actually headed back towards us. We're here. Stand by. There she comes back out. She's tightrope walking. So why did she bother to go back in the same residence? No they got dogs. So All right, wait. They're pulling out. pulling out. They're coming your way. Get ready wait, to tail. Wait, wait. Don't move yet. Don't move yet. All right, guys, they're coming your way. Wait. She's coming right at us. She's probably going to make a left and come back left again. Watch. All right, we're behind her. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on her wherever she goes. Mark and his team followed them at a close but safe distance, hoping they'd make a stop so they could try to talk with them. Oh, uh, wait, they got police. Um, Somebody else is watching them. Somebody else is watching them. There's, a, um, and there's an unmarked SUV turning in behind them. They just, well, no, they kept straight. They went to the Sonic. They're in the Sonic now. They went to Sonic? When they followed them into a Sonic drive-in, it seemed like they found their opportunity. All uh, right, this is it. All right, hold on. We've got to get out in a second. All right, we're going to approach him. All right, we're going to approach him. Hey, how's it going? Can you tell me where Dylan is at? I'm Mark Gillespie. Just how how can I? What business do I have? I'm, I need to talk to him about uh, a case that I'm working on. You know what case that is? Is it the one that blown over? Which which one is that? Uh, yeah, I saw I saw that billboard. Yeah, how do I reach him? Huh? I can't. If you haven't already, then look for him. No. Why? Are you the cop? Well, that doesn't matter. How, how, how do I, how do I? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Okay. Okay. T tell me how to reach Dylan. Why not? No, it is my it is my business. Uh, the fact that you're knocking on my door, hanging out around my house, what and business do Follow me? No, that's, that's perfectly okay. So what's up? What, what do you have? I need, to, I need to speak with Dylan. Lead, lead me to him. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Tell us where to find them. How to find them. Yeah. Okay. All right, sweetie. You take care. <laughs> okay. All right, that's them. They're not giving up anything. Except their ass. They just called the cops, but that's okay. Hey, have a great day. We'll see. We'll get what we want. <laughs> We're going to... Pardon me? I said fuck. Now why are you talk why are you talking to us like that? You do what I want. You, you follow, 
you followed me. You waited outside my home. You followed me. I wasn't outside your home. Oh, well, one of your little friends was outside my home. Okay, but I wasn't outside your home. Stupid. You followed me here. So oh, obviously you were watching my home. I wasn't watching anything. Somebody was watching my home. You okay. Me well, tell Dylan that we need to speak with him. Okay. And then I'm not surprised. But you know what? We will get what we want. No, you know what we want. You both know what we want. <laughs> Alright, well, you guys have a good day. Oh, hell no! Hey, have a good day. One of my favorite Meridian parts, though, was Dylan. Anytime we go to talk to Dylan, some lady is in our face telling us to get lost or whatever. He doesn't have whatever, I don't know, he doesn't ever want to talk to us. We'll see him peeking out of the blinds of the apartment. The girl he lives with, her mother runs the apartment complex, which complicated us talking. And we knew Dylan was behind the front door while we're banging on it because of two things. Number one, we could hear him scurrying. And number two, there's a dog barking and suddenly the dog goes silent when someone approaches. And the dog's only gonna go silent if the owner or somebody the dog's comfortable with is quieting the dog. And so we knew Dylan was behind the door and the girlfriend's out there, you know. While all of this was unfolding, Brandy and George had gone to try to track down Chelsea, who was Jet's girlfriend back when Christian died. They made contact with her at her place of work and she was willing to talk. They were unable to record the conversation, but here's Brandy recapping it. Chelsea was hesitant initially about talking to us, but it may have been more so because of the environment where she was interviewed at briefly was actually at her place of employment. And so her work itself was busy. It was um, an unannounced interview. So she wasn't expecting us. I think it kind of caught her by surprise, but um, she was polite and she was cooperative and was willing to provide some information to us. She stated that at the time of Christian's death, she was dating one of the potential witnesses, Jet Miller, and was actually staying at uh, Jet Miller's family home off and on while they were dating. The day before Christian's death and what has been referred to as gun night, Chelsea actually got invited to hang out with Jet Miller and the others to go and do what she called drive around and drink. She chose not to go that evening. I believe she said she had um, class. She's in college the next day and chose not to go. She did say that now she regrets not going because maybe the outcome would have been different or at least she would have known who was all at gun night and possibly who was there at the apartment the next day. She stated that she has not spoke to Jet or Whitley regarding the events. Something else that was interesting just through conversation, I don't know that she felt that there was anything suspicious there, but talked about how Jet Miller and Hayes Mitchell were good friends and also that their family were friends and spent a lot of time at each other's homes. Chelsea has been through some hard times, but looks like she's really getting herself together. And she had talked about too, just recently losing another young friend or family member of somebody that had just recently passed away within six months of us interviewing her and we talked about a lot of the lives that have been lost there around Meridian and it just it's an unfortunate situation I think if they had maybe latched on to some other opportunities that they wouldn't have got caught up in these crossfires so to speak.
Two other names that kept popping up in this case, who we haven't mentioned before, were Devin and Travis, who were dating at the time of Christian's death. They were in the same circle of friends as many of the people we've mentioned in this, and apparently, Whitley stayed with them for a while, starting just days after Christian's death. So we were curious to find out what all they heard about Christian. Mike, Claudia, and I drove to Devin's house to try to speak with her. This driveway? Yep. Hi. <clears throat> Ready to roll? Two guys. That could be bad. Okay, be nice. Smile. I'll stay in here for now. Just for now, yeah. Oh, look at the cat. You may come out with here or no? No, stay in here first. Alright, cool. Hey, how y'all doing? So he said she's not there currently. What do you What do you think happened? He says that she's not there. He says that she's working, and that he I gave him my number and he said I'll let her know to give you guys a call. But he said a better time would be on the weekend at like 10 a.m. Hours later, Claudia got a call from Devin. Hi, is this Devin? This is. Hi, Devin. It's Claudia. Hi. The phone call wouldn't provide us much help as she stated she didn't have any information related to the case. But we figured it was still worth trying to track down her ex, Travis. So Mark's group drove over to Travis's house to try to speak with him. This is, uh, this is Travis. Thankfully, Ray called them up shortly after this and let them know they wouldn't be able to find Travis at his home. She had done some digging and learned that he had recently been arrested and was being held in a correctional facility. So Mark G. and Troy reached out to the Central Mississippi Correctional Facility in Pearl and were able to set up a visit with him the next morning. In the evening of day one, we were able to gain access to the apartment Christian lived in. Ray had contacted the current tenants and they had no issue letting us in, so we all met at the apartment. Christian's brother Josh also met us there. The main purpose of going to the apartment was to have Ryan Ryder, who made the trip with us, do a scan of the apartment with the Pharaoh, a laser scanner that creates 3D images for the purposes of crime scene reconstruction. You may remember Ryan from episode eight, centered around forensics, where he discussed his findings. I have a question. Where was the uh, couch when y'all lived here? It was a wraparound. It went this way and wraparound right there. TV was right here. There TV was, was a, here. Uh, okay, wait, wait. So talk to me because I have to visually understand this. So it goes this way around that way? Yeah. So it's closer to you. So you guys sat here generally or you sat on this side? Uh, generally they'd sit on this side because the TV was right here. right in front. Okay. Uh, so, there was a coffee table right uh -huh. here in front. I mean, that's pretty much was all the that the room. open or closed normally? Mm -hmm. Closed normally. That was where I was sitting. That's the room you were in, yeah. and this is the room that Christian yeah. was in. Hey, Mark. 
Is that the room where the bed was found? Yeah. Like cut? cut yeah. You shut the... Uh, Being in the apartment where everything actually happened was surreal. We had heard about the size of the apartment, but we were all shocked at how small the place really was once inside. Josh gave us a tour of the place, starting downstairs where the living room, kitchen, and Christian's bedroom were. And then we moved upstairs. At the top of the stairs was the bathroom, and to the left of that was Josh's bedroom. Ryan maneuvered around the apartment, taking scans from various spots that would culminate into one 3D image of the place. We also brought a decibel meter with us and decided to do a sound test just for our own curiosity because of the story that Whitley slept through a 45 caliber gun in this apartment. But the furthest away she would be would be right here. Yeah, I think the couch is like somewhere right here because it was too big. I mean, that's a pretty small apartment, so yeah. And it was like a full-sized wraparound couch. Uh, Mark borrowed two pans from the current tenants and set up in the bathroom and tried to create as loud a noise as he possibly could. I stayed downstairs with my recorder at the exact spot where Whitley claimed to have been sleeping. Sorry, we worked too long to get the neighbors can hear that? I, I bet. So. From there, you could, I used to be able to hear them talking in that other apartment, like from sitting in that room. 109.8 volumes like. Fans, by the way. No, no. No, 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 we, we did the whole bottom <laughs> While this test doesn't really tell us how loud a gunshot from a 45 would have been in the apartment, it at least gives us an idea, and it was loud. We were able to get up to about 110 decibels. As a comparison, according to the Center for Hearing and Communication, a garbage disposal is about 80 decibels, a tractor, 90, a car horn, 110, live music, 120, also the threshold for pain, a jackhammer, 130 and a jet engine taking off is 150. A gunshot from a 45 registers about 157 decibels. Once our work at the apartment was finished, we paid the tenants for their damaged pans and thanked them and headed over to the Andriacchio's home for dinner and called it a night. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. The next morning, we set up to try to find two more people that we wanted to try to speak with before leaving town. 
Mike, Jay, and Claudia set out to find a guy named Burns, who we were told was close friends with Jet and Hayes around the time of Christian's death. They went to several places trying to locate him with no success, but eventually they found him at his family's business, and Burns was willing to talk. His father was also present. Here's what he had to say. This is Ian Burns, actually. Oh, yeah? How you doing, man? How you doing, sir? Fine, how are you? Good, good. My name's Jay, by the way. Jay? Yeah, yeah. We're just coming to talk to, to him to ask him a couple questions about what happened with, uh, with Christian. Hang that one up. So, not that you're involved, but just overall hmm. about the people, because we don't know the town, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, what, what Christian? Who is this? Andrea. 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 Yeah. 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 The girl in the keys? The Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of new stuff that has come up, so it's That's like, oh, yeah, so. But yeah, no, we just wanted to know because, um, for example, when um, the day, I guess the day it happened, I know you guys linked up like a, like a week or so after or whatnot, but my question is before that, what was what was like her demeanor itself? Uh, she, she was very manipulative. She, uh, she made herself the victim and then she just, she was, she was bad back then. You knew Jet, right? Yeah, I know, I know Jet. I don't really favor Jet too much. Yeah. I talked to him yesterday, so... Yeah, we he's saw. He's not very reliable source. No, but he's uh, he's. You can tell when you were talking to him that he's just trying to put blame on everybody else. Everything he was. It was deflecting. Him and Matt had conflicting stories. Mm -hmm. When they shot the guns or something. When so they were shooting. One said, said she didn't shoot. One said she did. Were you weren't there the night before? Where they were shooting out there in the field or whatever? I don't think they went shooting. No. Oh really? That's what I heard. I heard they never even went shooting. And how is Jet overall as, like, a person? He's always been kind of a shady person, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? He's not a, I don't know, he's he's kind of like, I don't, I think he has multiple personalities that he <laughs> probably hides and tucks some stuff deep down that he probably doesn't want anybody to know. Were you friends with Hayes? Hayes? Mitchell? Hey, Mitchell, yeah. Uh, we were acquaintances, but he's like Jet. That's another Jet. Yeah. That's Jet's best friend. Right. Which is, yeah, that's... But there was a point where he was going to provide information that he passed away, right? That's crazy. He could manipulate something like that. He, he got me several times. He's the DA's son and bought a, a hot pistol for me one time that wasn't hot. It was just, I had gotten it and... And sold it, yeah, like you didn't know about it. He wrote me a bad check. <laughs> I had to call the DA the and DA tell him... Son. I had to tell him his son wrote me a bad check how did you hear it went down for Christian I heard what they was supposedly asleep or whatever barred out in the, in the uh, apartment and I've been in those apartments I was uh, actually was wasn't long ago I was in one of the apartments it's small yeah they're not big I don't care how many that actually be you still hear that you're gonna hear that shit yeah. yeah you're gonna hear it and you're not gonna forget it what what did after it happened I know, I know I was she, after it happened you guys hooked up or whatever she, but what did she say like what did she change because a lot of people told us they changed she, the story like three times she really didn't want to speak on it but she you could tell she didn't really feel any like remorse or, remorse or yeah. anything she uh she had she, I mean, she was laughing carrying on yeah a lot of people said two days later she was like like if nothing happened yeah it was pretty crazy I uh, just but the night of Christian what is the story I heard that he, what, that supposedly he shot himself or whatever because of uh, 
Yeah, well, Dylan, I've, I've actually asked Dylan the story, too. Dylan, and I used to be friends with Dylan for a little while, and, of course, you see people's true colors, but... Right. Uh, well, what did Dylan tell you? He said that when he came in, Christian had the gun, and was, you know, talking to him, like, saying that he was uh, going to kill Matt or whatever, or whoever, or she yeah. was riding around with, supposedly, yeah. a drug dealer, and then... Uh, Dylan took the gun away from him and Christian asked him to go get him something to eat and when he left and he came back he, he found uh, he said he went up the stairs and was asking for Christian or it might have been Whitley said that but I can't remember Cause they, kept, they tried to keep their stories pretty damn good but he said that the shower was running or something. And, and he didn't hear nothing. He didn't hear anything. And they said he opened the door. Specifically question, though, like the night they were shooting guns beforehand. I don't think they ever did. You okay. don't think they ever did? I don't think they ever were shooting. All right. And, and um, around here, as far well, as... Who all said that they were... Who all was with them and they said they were shooting guns? So there were five? I can get the truth. Jet said it was, it was him, Matt, Whitley... And there was two other ones that he doesn't want to name that Why were there. Why didn't want to name them? Said they haven't been brought up, so I don't want to get them involved. That, those are the other shit. two. That's, so that's, I don't know who those other two are, but uh, well, we we could tell you. The reason to... he doesn't want to fucking tell you is because he knows they didn't shoot those fucking guns at night. Mm. That makes too much damn sense. I got you. I can see that. I can. I mean, I can do some damn digging for real. Hey, yeah, whatever, whatever you can. You know, if you hear something, just. I'll send you a message and you know that just anything that can help us like piece everything out you know that's all we're trying to do the last person that was willing to talk with us on the trip was Travis if you remember Mark G and Troy had set up a meeting with him in the correctional facility he was being held in they were able to meet with him in the warden's office here's what he had to Thank say you. hey how's it going good how are you good are you are, are you cuffed up no sir oh my name's Mark Gillespie yes sir this is Troy Fleming hey. how are you why don't good. you have a seat good. Well, you probably have no clue as to why we're here. I'm a private investigator. I'm from Texas. This is my identification. And uh, Troy Fleming is from Virginia. We're here to talk to you about Christian Andriacchio. Yes, sir. Okay? This is the second time somebody's come and talked to me about this. Who came the first time? Some people from the NBI. They come and talk to me about it. I know Dylan and all them real well, you know what I mean? A day after it happened, Willie came and stayed with me for like, well, like two weeks, you know what I mean? The following day? Yes, sir. Where was she staying before that with day? Christian. Okay, so she stayed with you because she had nowhere else to she go? Stayed or with me and the girl I was with at the time, uh, her, they were good friends, I guess. Willie, she came and stayed for like two weeks and she never really said anything about it. I never really asked her anything about it, you know what I mean? Did that strike you odd that yeah, somebody that she, she, she uh, that struck me odd whenever somebody that just you know what I'm saying found a dead body you know or she didn't necessarily find it but a dead body was found in the place she was staying at she was asleep they was found upstairs and she is out taking Xanax and partying the next day like it ain't nothing you know what I mean on oh, the next the day after his death mm -hmm. right how how well did you know Christian. I knew, I knew Christian. I'd go over to his house on and... On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very tight, very close, what would you rate your level of friendship with him? Like 
six. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. We, when he'd come home, we'd hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew when he'd come home, like, at Christian's in town. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. We'd hang out. But it wasn't like Dylan and Christian. Was he pretty well liked by most people, he everybody? Was liked. He was, he was, he was, he wasn't disliked at all. Would anyone have a grudge against him? Just Whitley. Uh, you know, he said he was going to uh, take the car or something like that. Or, you know, so tell me what what do you remember about their relationship in terms of? She was fucking around on him all the time, like all. The did time he know he, it? He couldn't prove it, but he did prove it then. He he proved it when he got back. Did they fight over the course of their relationship? Was there any abuse from him onto her or from her onto him? Mentally, that I know of, yeah, because I know how she is. But and if he cared anything about her, then yeah, there was definitely some. There was some, you know, mentally, she was definitely fucking him over. Who's the district attorney? Bilbo's not the district attorney anymore. Who was the district? Was Bilbo. it Bilbo? Bilbo? Do you know him? I know Bilbo. Do you know, um... I don't know, I'm really good friends with, was really good friends with Hayes, his son. Hayes? Tell me about Hayes. Hayes was drugs, he, he used drugs too. So did he run with your group? Mm -hmm. Me and Hayes, he, he ran with me and Jet, you know what I'm saying? Like me and Jet. And All right, well, let me ask you this then. Let's talk about Hayes and his dad. Mm -hmm. Do you know much about what it takes to be a district attorney? Mm -hmm. Was Hayes' dad a district attorney? Mm -hmm. Okay. If I were to say that the district attorney is probably one of the most powerful people in a in a city, in a county, mm -hmm. would you agree with me? Yeah, I, I definitely okay. agree. The only reason I'm in here is because I violated probation. You know what I'm saying? I, I did that. I, I shouldn't have done that, but I, mean, I didn't have any serving time or prison time. You know, me and Hayes were in Jackson the day before I had court on this charge, and uh, Hayes got pulled over. I was actually going there to see some girl or whatever, and uh, Hayes got pulled over in Jackson, and he was drunk. He was going 60 and a 15, I think. Huh. And yeah, and he actually just shot a pistol out the window at some deer. All right, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the vehicle behind him and he's gone. I'm like, man, what the hell? In a residential neighborhood, like a gated community, well, the, the security guard pulls him over, calls the police. He gets, I go up there, I get the girl out of his car. I'm like, all right. <laughs> She's like, can you just take me? I'm like, yeah, I'll take you there. Well, he said, call my dad, tell him to come up here, tell him what's going on. I'm like, all right. I called Bilbo and let him know what's going on. Like, Bilbo had that guy out, or didn't have him out. They waited on Bilbo to pull up to the, to the, uh, I guess where they pulled him over at, and uh, the police waited on him. And, so uh, the police knew what was going on. Yeah. He I, saved them. Yeah, he saved them. Bilbo came up there and says, "I'll come get him," and he came and got him. I seen Bilbo and forth the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like. All right. So, what do you think they were, the cops and the district attorney, were thinking as to why they don't want to pursue this thing? I mean, people know was right, you know what I'm saying, and people know, but what can you do? There's a lot of people that know about this, right? Yes, sir. And there's, so there's probably a lot of talk about it? Oh, there's a lot of talk about it. Um, are there people that want justice? Yeah, there's people that want justice, and there's some people that want it left alone because they don't want to dig any further, because some stuff might come up. It's deep, shit gets deep. What do you mean by that? that do you have an idea of what it could be? I don't know. There's some crazy people out that way. There's a lot of theories to this, you know what I'm saying? Would drugs play any role in that? Is, awesome. is that a, can you further on that? Like in what Maybe way? meth. Right. Some meth, some ice. Ice is a big thing out that way. 
he maybe I don't know. This might sound crazy, but like there's a thing going around, like the human trafficking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, might have had some parts in that, and uh, right. somebody may have thought he was all in the way of that. And I don't know. That's just a theory. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's just my theory. Or you know, I have a couple of them, but. I don't know. Are you surprised that that this hasn't been this case has not been solved? Uh, not, not after whatever, it wasn't 20 minutes after they found his body, they ruled it suicide, you know what I'm saying? Like, you think that's pretty strange? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. They didn't do no investigation on that. That's just from the, an outsider looking in. Okay, and that's a good point. They've done, <laughs> they've done a, a more thorough investigation on a motor vehicle theft. <laughs> right. <laughs> About something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's an interesting yeah, observation. Yeah, yeah. somebody go out there and, and break a window in a car, they kind of... You know what I'm saying? They're going to be out there about an hour or two. But, Do you know uh, why that would not be investigated? She gets deep. That's, what, that's whenever that's whenever I would like to refer to. She gets deep around that way. Well, it, this is what we want. We want to dig down into that shit. Uh, and, we want, <laughs> and we want to get to the bottom of it. Okay? And we want you to help us with And we appreciate you talking to us sitting here. Yes, sir. All right, man. We're going to get out of here. Yes, I really appreciate you talking with us. Yes, sir. That means a lot to us. Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks, Travis. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. And uh, wish you the best of luck. The team left Meridian shortly after this, but the investigation was still far from over. Key West and Trip 1 to Meridian made for a great start, but things didn't stop here. According to Sheila, her investigations never stop until there's some resolution. Once everyone traveled back to their homes and the dust settled, more opportunities would arise, and the investigation continued. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Dennis, it's Sheila. I am calling to give you an update on what's going on in the case. So, here's the scoop. We still have uh, several interviews that we want to do. It's amazing how many people are coming forward. We have a call with Arrington, and he called us. He was very responsive, saying that we could come down there, and he would open up case file, which is excellent. We'll see if that actually happens. The witnesses are cooperating. A lot of people are scared, though, which is very interesting. You know, you're, you're looking for the truth. People want to tell you the truth, but they're scared that harm will come to them, which really is concerning as far as a investigator. And it's something I, I did not expect. Copable is a production of Black Mountain Media and Tenderfoot TV in conjunction with Cadence 13. Executive producers are Dennis Cooper, Jacob Bozarth, Donald Albright, Payne Lindsay, and me, Mark Minnery. Additional production by Whitney Bozarth, Courtney Cooper, Meredith Stedman, and Mason Lindsay. Audio editing, mixing, mastering, and sound design by Resonate Recordings. If you have a podcast or are considering starting a podcast of your own, I urge you to check them out at resonaterecordings.com theme music and score by Dirt Poor Robbins. Additional music by Makeup and Vanity Set. Cover art by Drew Bardana. I want to extend a special thanks to Mike Hines, Sheila Wysocki, and Lance Black. You can follow us on social media at Copable Podcast. 
Show notes, as well as bonus content, can be found on our website, culpablepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you have any information related to the death of Christian Andriacchio, please email us at tips at blackmountainmedia.net or call us at 470-300-4915. Thank you for listening and tune in for new episodes every Monday.